This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Well, you're going to hear that line in just a few moments. It was delivered by The Shadow, one of the most famous adventure heroes of the 20th century. The Shadow has been featured on the radio, in a long-running pulp magazine series, in American comic books, comic strip, television, serials, and at least five feature films. The radio drama included episodes voiced by Orson Welles. Originally a mysterious radio show narrator, The Shadow was developed into a distinctive literary character in 1931, later to become a pop culture icon, icon by writer Walter B. Gibson. The character has been cited as a major influence on the subsequent evolution of comic book heroes, particularly Batman. The Shadow debuted in 1930 as the mysterious a radio narrator of the program Detective Story Hour, which was developed to boost sales of Street and Smith's monthly pulp detective story magazine. Now, when the listeners of the program began asking at newsstands for copies of That Shadow Detective magazine, Street and Smith decided to create a magazine based on The Shadow and hired Gibson to create a character concept to fit the name and the voice and write a story featuring him. The first issue of The Shadow Magazine went on sale April 1st of 1931. Boy, I'll bet that'd be worth a bundle today for those comic book collectors. The introduction from The Shadow Radio, The Shadow Knows, spoken by actor Frank Rednick, has earned a place in the American idiom, What evil lurks in the hearts of men? Stay tuned to hear the episode, Dream of Death. <laughs> again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. 
the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Dream of Death. house high on a gale-swept cliff. A curtain flaps at an open window. A path leads from the lonely house down, down past sharp crags and mossy rock, down to the wave-lashed beach below. Come along, my darling. We're almost to the beach. Fred, I'm frightened. There. Feel the wet sand beneath our feet. Yes? Listen. Listen to those waves, Lyra. Crashing against the shore. Kurt, no. Look at them, black and hungry. They know. The waves know why we're coming to them. I'm afraid. Hold tightly to my hand. Soon, my darling, we'll be together once again. For all eternity. Slowly, slowly now. Down into the water. Don't look back. Kurt, to die. No, Lyra. Oh, see, the water swirling above our knees. What? Above our waist, above our shoulders. Higher, still higher. Where we die and live forever. No, I don't want to die. I don't want to Wake up, Lyra, for heaven's sake, wake up. Celeste? Yes, darling, your sister. It's all right, Lyra, you're all right. You were just having a bad dream. Dream? No. I was on the beach. In the water. With my husband. With Kurt? With Kurt? Oh, no, Lyra, no. Don't you remember? He's dead. Kurt was drowned last night. Margaret and I came right down as soon as we got your message, Celeste. Oh, I'm awfully glad you're here, Mr. Cranston. So are we, Celeste. Best if there's anything we can do to help. Yes, after all, Kurt Sander was a friend of mine, even though I didn't see him for some time. Oh, I'm sure you can help both of you. We'll see Lyra in just a moment. She was still sleeping when I went in. The doctor prescribed all the rest she could get. Of course. This is a beautiful view from this window. Beach down there below the cliffs and the sea beyond. Yes. Kurt loved solitude. There's a wind rising. Must be a storm coming up. It was just this kind of a day that... Lyra and Kurt went sailing. You mean when Kurt was lost? Yes. Still haven't told us what did happen, Celeste. Perhaps before we see Lyra, we should know. Oh, yes, of course. Well, they... They were out sailing. A violent squall came up and the boat capsized. How off? Apparently, Kurt struck his head against the boat when it turned over on him. I see. Anna, our housekeeper, and I were shopping at the time. When we got back, we... We found Lyra down on the beach, nearly dead from shock and exhaustion. How is she now? 
Well, physically, the doctor says she'll be all right, but... Oh, Mr. Cranston, it's her mind. She... Well, she insists that she's going to die. Die? She thinks that Kurt's spirit has returned to take her back with him into the sea. How terrible. She says they had some kind of a weird pact with death. Oh, do you think you'll be able to reason with her, Mr. Cranston? Try, Celeste. I'll do everything I can. I- I'll see if she's awake. Now, I'll be right back. Lamont, the... Darling, what are you looking at? These books on spiritualism. I've almost forgotten. Forgotten what? Kurt Sander was a student and a firm believer in life after death. All right, Mr. Trent. Come on, Margo. He just woke up. Mira. Mira, this is Lamont Cranston. Lamont Cranston? Yes, Mrs. Sander. I was a friend of Kurt's, and uh, this is Margot Lea. Hello, Lea. You've come to take me away, haven't you? You must... You must take me away from this house. No, they can't, Lyra. You know you can't leave yet. Not until you're better. But I can't stay here. He'll come back for me. No, he won't, Mrs. Sandler. Yes, he will. He said, if I should die before you, my darling, I'll return from wherever I may be and take you with me. Mrs. Sandler, that isn't possible. It is. He'll come back. I mustn't stay here. He'll come back for me. He'll come back. Come on, listen. Kurt, is that you? Quiet. Head back, Margot. I'm going to throw open those French windows. Grab whoever. That's a woman. It's Anna, our housekeeper, Mr. Cranston. Anna, what on earth were you doing? I just wanted you to let me in the door. Why didn't you come in through the back? I just came up from the beach. I was gathering clams for dinner. All right, Anna. Come inside so I can shut these doors again. You best shut them tight. Why? I've been down on the beach, and I have received. Seen what, Anna? Well, Anna, what did you see down on the beach? I saw another storm coming up. Another storm like the one the night Mr. Sander died. scream, Mrs. Sander. Well, I was asleep, and something woke me up. I felt cold fingers around my throat. It was Kurt. He's come for me. Look, Lamont, the French doors. Wind must have blown them open. That's probably what woke her up. I'll have a look outside. It was Kurt. No, Mrs. Sander. Oh, what happened, Margot? I was asleep. I heard a scream. She thought someone was in the room. Her husband. Oh, no, darling. It just couldn't be. Right, Mrs. Sander. There's no sign of anyone. You merely had another bad dream. That's what you say. Anna, I've been outside the room. Listen. It was him, wasn't it? He's lonely. He's come back. Anna, what are you trying to do? Go back to your room, Anna. All right. But I know. I know. Now, Mrs. Sander, try to understand it. It was all in your mind. Do you understand? Yes. 
all in my mind. I'll try to go back to sleep. Celeste. Yes. I think it'd be a good idea if you slept in here for the rest of the night. Oh, yes, of course I will. Come on, Margot. What is it, Margot? There is something wrong, I can tell. Let's get your coat. Going to do a little investigating. But... I lied in order not to frighten Mrs. Sander. I found this just outside the French doors. Seaweed? Yes, seaweed. That someone or something brought up from the ocean below. to you. Maybe he'd go back to the sea and leave you alone. That's insane. I'll Anna. take them to him. You know where he is? In the cave at the bottom of the cliff. How do you know? Have you seen him? Have you? No. There's a black pool in the cave and I've seen strange footprints around. No. Things live in that pool. Terrible things that come up from the sea. Anna, don't. Don't go near there, please. I'll be all right. Nothing will harm him. No, Anna. He doesn't want me, Miss Lyra. He wants you. But what are we looking for, Lamont? Anything here on the beach, Margaret, that might give us a clue as to who or what left the seaweed outside Lyra's room? You think someone has taken advantage of Kurt's death to deliberately frighten Lyra out of her mind? It seems to be the logical explanation right now. That old housekeeper Anne has certainly been acting strange enough. Yes. I haven't been able to make up my mind yet whether Anne is a slightly demented old servant or a very shrewd woman. Mm. And another thought has crossed my mind. What's that? Kurt was a very odd person, as I remember in Margot. Moody, introspective, and, as we know, a firm believer in spiritualism. Well, you... You are suggesting that there might be some basis for this wild idea Lyra has about Kurt returning from the dead? And nobody's ever discovered just how far spiritualism can go, Margot. That's a fantastic idea, Lamar. Fantastic and terrible. But an idea we may have to consider... We're going to learn the truth about Lyra's dream of death. Pool. Don't be scared, Anna. 
dead things can't harm honest folk. The lantern down here. Kneel down by the pool. Now, give him the things. Give him the things and tell him to go away. Leave us alone. Someone kicked over the lantern. Who's there? Who's there? Coming closer. Someone covered. Here. Kurt! You! No! No, you're dead! Boy, no! Don't! I am pushing my head under the wall! Oh! 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 from the dead to claim his bride, Margot and Lamont are plunged into a series of weird events. Now we find them walking down a dark beach, while above them tower the black cliffs that rise forebodingly. Suddenly, Margot stops and touches Lamont's arm. Lamont, look up ahead. Good Lord, Lamont. Lamont. Body here in the water by the edge of the shore. Yes. Anna, the housekeeper. Is she dead? Yes, drowned apparently, and the body washed ashore. This is strange, Margot. What? There are three marks around her neck. Some deliberately held her head under the water. No. Mark, what are you doing? I'm to pry something loose. She's clutching her hand. Yeah. It's a torn piece of cloth and there's a gold button on it. It's the kind of button that's usually found on men's yachting jackets. And Kurt was in sailing clothes when he died. Yes, Martin, he was. But look here. It's a faint trail in the sand. Looks as though Anne's body was dragged down here. Trail leads up to a kind of opening in the cliff. Come on. Lord, I just don't understand. And neither do I, but there must be a logical explanation behind all this. I have a feeling we're getting close to the answer. I certainly hope so. Ah, here we are. It's kind of a tunnel into the base of the cliff. You're not going in. Yes. Stay behind me. I'll use my flashlight. Why, it's a big cave. Yes. You see anything? Black pool of water in the center of the cave. You sure that's all? Yes. Oh, thank heavens. Let's get out of here. It gives me the creeps. Quiet, Mark. What? Look out through the mouth of the cave. Out there on the beach. Someone kneeling down by Anna's body. What? It's Celeste. Yes. What would Lyra's sister be doing out there on the beach at this time? Coming towards us. She's following the same trail up here we followed. Stand back, Margot. I'll switch off the flash. Are you in there? Come on. What's that? Kurt, was that you? No, sir. Oh, she's running away up the path to the house. Yes. Come on, do you realize what this means? I am beginning to, Margot. 
Kurt is alive, not dead. He must be the one who's trying to drive Lyra mad. Anna must have found the truth, and that's why he killed her. Perhaps and perhaps not, Marco. Now I think I can find out. How? I think Celeste will tell me a great deal when she talks to the shadow. The gun. The gun, it must be. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Who's there? Who laughed? Shadow laughed, Celeste. The shadow. But it... The gun. Somebody took the gun from my hand. But who? Where? No one sees the shadow. Shadow, what do you want? What were you going to do with this gun, Celeste? Why? Are you going to kill your sister, Lila? No, why should I do that? Because you haven't been able to make her kill herself the way you and Kurt planned. That's not true. Kurt's not dead. You've been working together. That's true, isn't it, Celeste? No. Kurt was in love with you, wasn't he? But Lyra stood in your way. Oh, yes, he was in love with me. He begged me to marry him. And Kurt, he's alive. Yes, yes, that's why I came for the gun. He's out of his mind. He killed Anna, and he'll kill my sister, too. What were you doing down in that beach by Anna's body? I was looking for Lyra. She's gone. Oh, he'll kill her, don't you understand? Oh, Shadow, you've got to find him before it's too late. Shadow will find the truth, Celeste. If you've lied, I'll be back. You'll answer to the Shadow. Hero? Where are you in there? Try the door, Lamont. Empty. Yes, Celeste told the shadow the truth. Kurt must have taken her off somewhere. The French doors are standing wide open again. Yes, look at this, Mark, over here. Some muddy footprints on the carpet. What'll we do? I don't... Wait a minute. Hmm? Margaret, this isn't mud on these footprints. It's slime. Green slime. The kind that goes on rocks. You think Kurt has taken you to the cave? I don't know, Margot. All I know is we better get back there as fast as we can. Careful going into the cave. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, it's so dim in here. I couldn't afford to bring my flashlight, darling. We'd make a good a target. Yes, if Kurt's as mad as he appears to be, he'd probably shoot first and his questions later. Easy now, darling. Come on. Over there. Good Lord. It's Kurt and Lyra. Lyra! I'm coming, Lyra. Try to hold on. Lyra! Oh, it's all right, Lyra. I've got you. Oh, he had a gun. He was going to kill me. I grabbed his arm and I went off. Lyra? She's fainted. Better lie here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Have a look at Kurt. Well? Uh, I have to light a match. Come on. Dead, Margot. I, I suppose it's just as well. Yes, I think it is, Margot. Look at this over here. Yes. A shallow grave. Good heavens, you mean he was going to kill her and bury her in there? 
No, Margot, I mean that Kurt Sander came out of this grave. Lyra shot to kill him. He's been dead for at least two days. Mark, why on earth are we leaving the cave with Lyra still in there with that body? No time to explain, Margot. I want you to get up the house right away and be careful. Is that all? Yes. But Lamar... By the time you get there, Margot, the shadow will have trapped the real killer. She's violently jealous, woman, Margot. Kurt arranged a rendezvous with her near the cave, asked her for a divorce. Told her he wanted to be free to marry her younger sister, Celeste. And she flew into a jealous rage, killed him, and left his body in the cave. Then her story of the drowning, her dream of death, all those weird happenings, even Anna's murder, were done to frighten people away from here so that no one would learn the truth. Yes. After she killed Anna, and after we started investigating, she became panicky. So she decided to dispose of Kurt's body. Exactly. In the dim light, we thought Kurt and Lyra were struggling together. When she heard me call to her, she fired a shot in a crazy last-ditch effort to make us think that Kurt had been alive up to that point. He was responsible for everything. Oh, how horrible. And stupid. Yes? Well, it's all over now, thank goodness. Yes, all over. Except that soon Lyra will be going to her death. 
This time, it won't be a dream. Copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Stay tuned for Life with Luigi, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Life with Luigi and the story of Pasquale's birthday. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life, Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard, directed by Mac Benoff, and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carroll Nash, with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum are glad to bring you Life with Luigi because they feel it's a friendly, good-natured show that offers you relaxation and enjoyment. And you know, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum offers you relaxation and enjoyment, too. It's pleasant to chew on a smooth piece of Wrigley's Spearmint whether you're working, shopping, listening to your radio, or doing just about anything. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum tastes good, it's refreshing, and the good easy chewing gives you comfort and satisfaction. So chew Wrigley's Spearmint Gum often, every day. Millions enjoy it, and you will too. Now, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum brings you Luigi as he writes another letter describing his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in Italy. There's the one thing I'm crazy about, and that's the holidays in America. There's the one noisy holiday here, Mamma Mia, the 4th of July, which is celebrate America's independence from England. That's right, Mamma Mia. England is once on America, but she's not going to keep up with the payments. <laughs> but right now is a double holiday, Easter and Russia's birthday. Who want to know biggest secret to Mamma Mia? I'm going to save up $40 since January. And this Sunday, I'm going to make a big Easter dinner and invite all of my school friends. And a Pasquale and a Rosa. You see, this dinner is also going to be a surprise party for us. And don't ask me, Mamma Mia, how old she is. When I'm asking Pasquale, he says she's almost 30. But when I'm looking around her middle, I think she's almost 60. <laughs> 
And I'm going to buy Rose a beautiful birthday present to, to surprise her. And, and with the rest of the money, I'm going to buy enough for food for everybody so they should bust that. But right now, I'm going to my night to school and invite all of my friends to my Easter dinner. I'm going to hardly wait to tell them. All right, so don't worry about it. Quiet, class, out for all the roll. Mr. Basco? I'm here. Mr. Horowitz? Yeah. Mr. Olson? Mr. Schultz? Hippity hop, hippity hop, hippity hop. Mr. Schultz, stop that. Oh, thank you, Miss Pauling. At my age, I'm getting too hippie to hop. How about smile, fellow boobers? Let's see that Easter spirit. Hey, for the friends, before I forget, I want everybody to know. You all invited for my big Easter dinner, and this is Sunday. Oh, how nice. Oh, Luigi, that's nice, but won't it be too much trouble for you? Joho, after all, Luigi, you have no wife to cook. I'm going to worry, friends. I'm going to cook myself. Him, Luigi's going to dive into the pressure cooker and set himself for 30 minutes. <laughs> Don't be so impulsive with that dinner, Luigi. Making a meal for a lot of people is no zinch. How well, I don't know what I'm about. I'm, 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 I'm wonderful cooker, Schultz. And I'm going to save up so much money. Nobody's got to eat for two days before the dinner. Well, thank you, Mr. Basco. At this time, however, I think we should begin the lesson. Mm-hmm. Class, today I'm going to review some of the more troublesome grammar rules. Mr. Horowitz, you may tell us the plural of calf. Calves. In the plural, the F changes to V-E-S. Good. Uh, Mr. Basco, the plural of jacket. Jacket. Mr. Schultz, the word pants. Pants? Yes. Is it singular or plural? But both. It's singular on top and plural on bottom. <laughs> I love those old jokes. <laughs> Mr. Olson, you may tell him the answer. I will be happy to. The word pants is always plural. Then how about the word trousers? That's always plural, too. Himmel, I can't buy a suit with one pair of pants in this place. <laughs> All right, Mr. Schultz. Mr. Olson, that was very good. Now, let us go on to verbs. Mr. Basco, you may name the two types of verbs. What is it? Active and passive. Mr. Horowitz, define them. With pleasure. An active verb shows action... A passive boy shows passion. <laughs> what? Mr. Horowitz, where did you learn that? Yeah, and where can we get a hold of that book? <laughs> please, please. Now, will somebody tell us the difference between an active verb and a passive verb? Mr. Schultz. All right. The active verb ain't passive, and the passive verb ain't active. I'm in no mood for jokes. I'll give you a zero for that answer. Well, I'm in no mood for bargaining. I'll take it. <laughs> Mr. Olson, you tell him. To be sure. The active verb denotes the subject as acting. The passive verb denotes the subject as acted upon. Correct. Now, Mr. Basco, give a sentence. <laughs> Would you give a sentence illustrating each type of verb? All right. Sentence with the active verb. I'm now going to invite the whole class to my Easter party this Sunday. And please don't bring nothing because I'm going to supply all the food. There's going to be plenty of wine, potatoes, milk, pies. Please come at 6 o'clock and shop. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that one sentence, Mr. Basco? Find Sean Hancock on the bottom and you've got the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Smile, Miss Spalding. He really wants us for his Easter dinner, can't you see? Well... Now, please, come, Miss Spalding. Besides it being Easter parties, 
He's also going to be big surprise party for us. Well, I'd like to. Uh, Sunday, did you say? Yeah, please come and miss. Miss Bolling, I'm, I'm a server for $40 to make sure there's going to be enough for food for everybody. Now, how could anybody fool them, Miss Bolling? He's like the, like the Marshall Plan looking for country. <laughs> well, sure. I'll be glad to come. Good. Well, I got my girl. Now you fellas pick your own. <laughs> Mr. Schultz. And that's right. I'm going to buy turkey and, and, and a lot of the crumbs that'll be... Crumbs are better. That's the sauce. Crumbs. Wonderful, because last Thanksgiving, you know, the cranberry sauce was so delicious, the turkey ate it up before we did. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be happy, friends. We're going to have a wonderful time. Mr. Vasco, does Mr. Pasquale know you're making this surprise party for Rosa? Oh, no, no, and please, please, don't but nobody tell him. After school, I'm going to invite the... Invite him and Rosa to the party. Luigi, how much money did you say he was going to spend on food? Well, I'm going to get $40 and for Rosa as a present and a, and as a 30 for the food. Uh-uh. Isn't that going to be enough for sure? For six normal people, that's plenty. But with Rosa's appetite included, bring your own sandwiches, kiddie. <laughs> So stop eating and pay attention. All right, Papa. Now, look, baby, I don't want you should invite anybody to your birthday party. It's just for Luigi. You mean I can't come, Papa? Oh, stop. I mean, Luigi's going to be the only guest. Oh. And can you guess why Luigi's going to be the only one invited to my daughter? Sure. Then there'll be more cake for us. Yes. No. <laughs> and don't do what you did the last year's a birthday cake when you ate up all the candles. <laughs> Look, Bambina, I want you to dress up a special and nice for your party, huh? Wear that black shiny dress that makes you look as skinny, yeah? Oh, Papa, can I wear my Mexican skirt? That makes me look skinny, don't it? Makes you look like a Mexico. <laughs> What a nice and romantic party is going to be. Just the three of us. And after a while, I'm going to tip a toe out and go to the movies. Oh! What's the matter? What are you bellyaching about? I want to see the picture, too! <laughs> Look, go on hide. Luigi's a coming. Go in the kitchen before you spoil everything. All right, Hello, little pumpkin head. How was the school today? Oh, it's pretty good. Hey, your heads are getting bigger. Huh? Luigi, I bet you brain must have gained 10 or 12 pounds uh -huh. since you started pushing education inside. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a chemist who invited to big Easter dinner that I'm giving this Sunday. Huh? Luigi, that's a funny thing, but I was going to invite you to a party this Sunday. You? What the? Who else are you invited, Pasquale? Just to you. Pasquale, what are you talking about? No, you got to come to my party. I'm invited lots of people. I don't care. You got to come to mine. No, Pasquale, the whole thing is crazy. Hey, you got to come to my party. No, you must come to my party. No, wait a minute, Pasquale, because I'm already invited all of my school friends and Miss Spalding, too, and... <laughs> We're going to have a big Easter dinner all together. Big dinner with everybody. I want just the three of us. Yeah, but are you going to be there, Pasquale? Well, in fact, I'm... A... Hey, look, I'm... I'm saved for three months for this party, Pasquale, and I'm, I'm going to $40 in cash. I see? don't care if you... Uh, $40, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me see the money. Yeah, sure, here. Look, yeah, let me hold it, man. <laughs> That's right, $40. Well, thanks, Luigi. This pays for last December's rent. Oh, no, 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 Pasquale, you can't... Uh, no, no, 
Pasquale, I'm a promise to tell you everything I'm sorry, owing. Sorry, Luigi, I'm... I'm sorry. In the landlords' union, we got a very strict rule. The uh, NTG. NTG? What's that? No trust for greenhorns. <laughs> no, but Pasquale, how am I going to pay for my Easter dinner? What, what, am, what am I going to tell all of my friends? Tell them whatever you want to tell them. Tell them you're not a Democrat or a Republican. Are you a man or without a party? <laughs> Before we return to Life with Luigi, here's a suggestion that'll make your daily activities more pleasant and enjoyable. Carry a package of delicious Wrigley Spearmint gum with you. Chew a stick from time to time. It's really good to get your teeth into a smooth piece of Wrigley Spearmint. The lively Spearmint flavor freshens your mouth and gives you extra enjoyment and satisfaction. It makes whatever you're doing more enjoyable. So when you start out your day... Tuck a package of Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum in your purse or pocket. Be set to enjoy a stick of Wrigley Spearmint any time and any place. Get a few packages of refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum. Now let's turn to page two of Luigi Basco's letter to his mother in Italy. Well, Mamma Mia, Pasquale, you took away my $40, and, and I'm not going to make it the big Easter dinner for my friends. I'm, I'm so mad at Pasquale. I'm going to tell them what is it for, and I'm, I'm feeling terrible. First, I'm thought that maybe I'm going to telephone my friends and stop everything, but, but then I'm thought I'm, I'm have a better idea. I'm going to get all of the food on the credit. So I'm going to go to throw the fruit store first. Oh, hello, Ashton. Uh, you mind if I'm getting some fruit from you? On a credit? For you, Luigi, anytime. Here, have an apple. Oh, uh, apple. Uh, well, uh, now I'm like to make up the order. Order? Oh, okay, what is it? Well, I'm like a ten of pineapples, uh, fifteen of pine grapes, uh, eight of pine pears, six a dozen of bananas, uh, and, and a twelve of pine nuts. Hey, what are you doing, Luigi? Making a Tarzan picture? <laughs> I don't mind giving you credit on fruit if you're hungry, but when you start throwing parties for the zoo... Oh, Astrom. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making a party for the zoo, Astrom. I'm, uh, I'm making a bigger party for, for my friends. I'm sorry, Luigi. For parties, I got no credit. After all, I'm running this fruit market for profits. You think bananas and oranges and apples grow on trees? <laughs> Thank you, Astra. Don't mention it. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Warner. How's it the butcher business? Oh, pretty good, Basco. What can we do for you today? Well, Mr. Warner, I'm, I'm making a big Easter dinner tomorrow, and I'm going to ah, get... I've got just the thing, Basco. A 20-pound turkey, fit for a king. Isn't that nice? That's a beautiful... <laughs> I'll go ahead and charge it. Oh, I'm sorry, Basco. That's against company rules. But if you're short on cash, I'll be glad to okay your check. That's no good on my check is a short on the cash, too. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Basco. I'm more sorry than you. 
سرز نایوش همه گره کالا فده پری برای منو گره نوه تو کالا مپم هم همه تو شمده این کامه گره شدن هم در پرک بنشه شکیزم میستر من افهم شدن نکس تو یو بی مای گست Would you like a daisy friend to help you make up your mind? Excuse me, I'm I'm talking to myself. You ever talk to yourself? Oh, brother, don't remind me. What's your trouble? Drink? Uh-huh. How do you know? I could tell. We're the same type. Soft inside. Uh, no willpower. Well, tell me about it. Well, it's, it's not only drinks, but it's also food and a fruit. Huh? Yeah, and a birthday cake and a present and a no-nuts. What? <laughs> Look, friend, maybe you better talk to yourself. <laughs> no, please, please, help me. I'm always a save up of my money for a party for my friends, but but then somebody's to take it away. I'm got nothing to feed them and... I'm ashamed to call him up and tell him about it. Did you say they was your friends? Uh-huh. Then your problem is solved. What? Because a friend is a friend. True blue to the end. <laughs> food or no food? I know. Because I had a friend. My mother. <laughs> she never fed me, never gave me no food. But still, I was her friend. At the wash of you, 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 Mamma Mia. That's right. Mother! Wherever you are, I want you to know we're still friends. I ain't changed at all. I'm still hungry. Go, friend, go. Give your party. Invite your friends. Say nothing. And they'll enjoy themselves with friendship. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're making me feel good all over. And I'm going to back it out to my antique shop, fix it up nice and yeah. pretty. And then, uh, goodbye. Give my regards to you, mama. Thanks, friend. Oh. Hey, look. Maybe you want to come to my party, too? Are you kidding? You ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> There's no food. I'm surprised, Schultz. Now, don't say anything. He feels terrible enough. She's coming out of the kitchen. All right, everybody. Since this is the party, it's Luigi's idea. I propose a toast to the host. May he find in America happiness, health, and wealth. Minus 20% for the government. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in click, Luigi. Thank you, friends. You are so wonderful. Mama, Mama, what a proposal toast. Luigi, I don't mind all this toasting, but ain't the champagne a little weak? <laughs> well, well, it's just, it's not the champagne, it's, uh, it's the seltzer. <laughs> What's the difference? You're sure seltzer or champagne? <laughs> oh, yeah, after all, what seltzer? It's not champagne that's given blood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny. Yes, that's really funny. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> Why don't we all sing a song? Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. All right, what song should we sing? Yeah. How about Turkey in the Straw? <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'll settle for a weenie and a bun. <laughs> Please, Mr. Schultz. Uh, how about shrimp boats are coming? Oh, oh I, I'm sorry, Mr. Bassett. That's all right, Miss Puddinger. Even I was thinking about the who's that throw the overalls in the Mrs. Murphy's soup. But the... <laughs> Rosa, today we're teaching Luigi a big lesson. His friends came for a feast, and they're going to have a fast. <laughs> Papa, everybody's singing over there. You think Luigi got food someplace? Uh, this I better investigate. Watch the restaurant, Rosa. Stubborn little cabbage puss. Gives me nothing but a trouble and a headache. Since I imported him from Italy, my life is just a one big aspirin. <laughs> uh, Luigi's putting up his hand like he's going to make a big speech. I better open up the door a little uh, Francis, isn't I used to pretend that we all are having a lot of fun? I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a confession. <coughs> Never mind the confession. Bring on the food. After the trouble is short, I'm, I'm not got enough food. <laughs> Luigi, you're joking, huh? <laughs> That's Luigi. He's pulling our leg. <laughs> the way I feel now, if he pulled my leg, my stomach would drop out. <laughs> <laughs> He's a suffering good. Mr. Basco, what happened to the forty dollars you had? Pasquale is a tucker for the rent money. Oh, that's oh, right. Sure. Bye, tell us. No, no, please, please. I'm, 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 I don't want to talk about it. But Mr. Basco, didn't you tell Mr. Pasquale that this party was to be a surprise birthday celebration for his daughter? What? Well, I know, Miss Pudding. He's well, he's he's hurt to me so much. I'm, I'm, I don't even want to tell him. Huh? Now I'm got no food and no birthday cake for Ferocia and no present. Oh, I could kill that Pasquale. <laughs> What's he talking about? I could have killed myself. Oh, I'm the stupidest thing that ever lived. I'm a mean, terrible, rotten, stupid. Right now, if I was a twins, I'd have stopped talking to myself for good. <laughs> what am I going to do? i got to make it up with the Luigi. Uh, I, I, I know. Rosa! Yes, Papa! Put on your apron and get in the kitchen. Are we going to cook them a dinner that would sink in a Queen Mary? But Papa, Don't what? ask no questions, just to warm up at the oven. I'm going to make a food for Luigi's. You're going to have an oven for a hundred years. Stop looking so depressed. Sure, so what if you don't eat? Oh, food isn't so important. And besides, we, we, we're not too hungry. Or we should. I'm too weak to answer. <laughs> So why don't we step on it? Luigi, everybody, listen, I got a great big idea. Instead of one big Easter party, we're going to have three or four little ones in a row. For little ones in a row, what do you mean? Well, you we'll mean? have like a round robin. In my house, we eat appetizer. I know what you mean, Horowitz. That's a wonderful idea. Appetizer in your house, the entree in my house. Dessert in my house. In my house, my cabinet of soda. <laughs> How am I going to thank you for such a wonderful idea? Luigi, I'm the happiest man in the world I thought of it. 
Go ahead, eat, eat. Yeah, but this is a, that's a delicious. What do you call it? It's called a four spice, chopped liver. It's very tasty, Mr. Horowitz. What is your wife's recipe? Sorry, Miss Folding. That's an international secret. <laughs> Rosa, hurry up with the meatballs while I fix these pies. Turn up the flame. They must be starving in Luigi's stall by now. All right, Papa. And Rosa, don't eat anything. Oh! Yeah. I bet if they saw these meatballs, they'd go crazy. Papa, what do you think happened to me? Mr. Schultz, this turkey is wonderful. Oh, they were superb. Gourmet's delight. Very good, Schultz. Very good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm so much, I think I'm going to bust it. So what's a happy explosion between friends? <laughs> How's the spaghetti, Rose? Almost a cup? Almost, Papa. Mm, this lasagna's going to give them an Easter dinner they're never going to forget. Rosa, stop looking that way at the pizza. But, Papa, I'm starving, starving. Rosa, listen, right next door is a five starving of people waiting for all this food, and we owe Luigi a lot for the wrong we did to him. Besides, Rosa, why you keep looking at me so funny? I can't help it, Papa. I'm so hungry, you look to me like one big meatball. <laughs> Friends, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm so full up with the tanks. So full of food. Ach, Miss Spalding, you make it wonderful coffee. <laughs> well, I did the least. Mr. Olsen, this dessert tastes just heavenly. How did this boil? Olsen, what do you call it? It looks like the pancakes. In Sweden, we call it platter. Back home, many families eat it, especially on Thursdays, with pea soup. Oh, with the pieces. Hannah, this is salsa, it's an actual delicious, so what do you call that? Uh, there, there was lingonberries. In Sweden, we use it just like applesauce. Go on, old, you keep on talking. I feel like I'm eating a dessert with a travelogue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, friends, I'm so full now, I feel like I ate into 1953. Yeah, me too. If anybody mentioned food to me now, I think I would float away. Yeah. <laughs> well, enough, friends, please. Uh, hey, hey, maybe, maybe we all go back to my antique shop and, and we just uh, sit back and relax and, and maybe just to talk, huh? It's a good idea, Luigi. Let's go. Schultz, get up. But impossible. I think the automobile club will have to tow me to Luigi's store. <laughs> Is it just so nice to sit down here and rest, huh? Oh, sure. Oh, oh, he enjoyed a feast fit for a king, by golly. Yeah, this is one Easter I'll never forget. That food. No, please, don't mention food. It gives my stomach a headache. <laughs> well, I certainly... Come on in, Rosa. Don't drop the pot. All right, stop sitting around, everybody. Happy Easter. Look at what I got. Food. Oh. That's the matter. You all died from starvation. <laughs> oh, Molly, please, go away. Oh. Look, everybody. It's all free. And the house. Gratis. 
Plenty of spaghetti, meatballs, and pizza. No, 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 Pascal, Pascal, you know, you know, we was all in Manhattan, and then we was eating at in each other's houses. Yeah, we had a door-to-door feed. What? <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah, go away, Pasquale, and take everything with you. you. Well, it's a serve of me right. I deserve everything. Well, Pasquale, tell the truth. The only thing I'm I'm a feel bad about the now is I'm didn't get a Russian birthday present. If I'm ahead of my Rosa, I would have given you anything you wanted. Hey, you ain't have to Rosa anything. And what do you want? A can't be bought with the money, eh? You're right, Papa. Luigi, can I have anything I want? Anything, Rosa. Then back, everybody. All this food belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful feast this Easter, and after all, even Russia's got a big birthday present. Seven and a half pounds to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a hurry to have wonderful idea, Mamma Mia. What is it called, Rand Robin? And Mamma Mia, when you get this letter, make yourself a little gas plastic coffee, because I'm going to have some cake, and we're going to have our own Rand Robin together. He loved his son, Luigi Basca, Lele Magranta. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production. Pat Burton is associate producer. The script is written by Mac Benoff and Lou Derman and directed by Mr. Benoff. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Screen Guild Theater, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.